Blog Talk Radio. as well as as boys 
And I'm going to try to make it down there early, so we're going to have uh, an abbreviated show today so that I can get down there, and if nothing else, just be there in presence. But hopefully I'll get a chance to share a few things if it is something that the ladies desire. So we're going to talk about history is her story with Jess Lowe. We're also going to talk about the impact of Senator Reed. Senator Harry Reed has said he's not going to run for re-election. That's pretty big news, considering he has been the Senate Majority Leader, currently the Senate Minority Leader, hailing from Searchlight, Nevada, a place that probably too many people didn't know about until he became a senator. And I would even suggest that many people didn't give Nevada a thought. They may have thought about Las Vegas, but not much about Nevada. Senator Reed helped put us on the map. So we're going to talk about the impact of Senator Reed and uh, his announcement that he's not seeking re-election. And in Las Vegas, we have a huge event, the Stella Awards. And, of course, you know that this show was co-hosted myself and Sister Angela Thomas. Angela Thomas has been covering the Stella Awards for her own brand, Needle on the Record. Hopefully she's going to call in today and share a little bit about what's been going on with the Stella Awards. Uh, so we're going to have that going on. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and some near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its culture and diversity, and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. One of the ways we do it is with shows like Our Own Voices Live that actually is a spinoff of Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine. You can find us on the web at ourownvoices.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, all titled as Our Own Voices. And, of course, Our Own Voices Live has its own Facebook page called Our Own Voices Live. You can find us on YouTube, Our Own Voices, as well as Google Plus, Our Own Voices. So we're just our own voice and all over the place. Each one of us have a voice. Let's share the voice. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share it. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That would be 3.30 p.m. for those of you out east. Big shout-out to my East Coast listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hopefully you can give us a call and let us know what you think about Women's History Month. Uh, also, what do you think about Senator Reed's announcement? I would estimate that depending on which party that you're in, you will have uh, somewhat predictable comments. But, you know, please feel free to share. And for those of you who may have a slightly deeper thinking comments about it, would like to hear from you too. 347-826-9600 is the number to call in to share in our stories today. Uh, once again, this will be an abbreviated show because I want to get down to History is Her Story with Jess Rowan. For those of you who might be interested in making it down there and uh, who would like to take part in it, it is it starts at 1 p.m. That's right. It starts at 1 p.m. and it lasts until 3:30 p.m. 
It's located, the physical location is Cambridge Recreation. That is, the address is 3930 South Cambridge Street, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89119. Once again, History is Her Story with Jess Flow, a, a celebration of Women's History Month, is located at Cambridge Recreation, I believe it's Cambridge Recreation and Community Center, at 3930 South Cambridge. Cambridge is C-A-M-B-R-I-D-G-E. So once again, it's Cambridge Recreation at 3930 South Cambridge Street, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89119. The, the topic that they have down there today is going to be politics, and they have an elected uh, official, uh, Assemblywoman Dina Neal, a history maker in her own right, and we're also going. To, she's also going to have uh, Ms. Lisa Mosley, uh, community active, political, and also has a business uh, associated with politics, and she'll be able to share some insights from a maybe a slightly different perspective. So if you get a chance, swing on down by Cambridge. This is for girls, but it's open to boys. And uh, there's been speakers, primarily women, but they've also had some male speakers, too. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's been quite a few boys to go down there. It'd be interesting to find out the motivation of the parents as well as the boys for being there. I like it because it somewhat dispels the myth that black men and black boys are not interested in black women or black girls. Yes, I called it a myth because I believe it is a myth because there's no data to suggest that it is otherwise. Though I do believe manifest destiny can be at play here. So be careful what we speak about because we can we can speak things into existence. And wouldn't it be a shame if we took misinformation, decided that it was fact, thing that isn't true, then bring that into fruition and then say, see, I told you so. How disingenuous would that be and how damaging would that be for our children? So there's something to think about. Of course, we'd like to give you a little uh, sort of update on some of the local news stories and events that we've been involved in. You all noted on Fridays we do the gathering, which is at the Westside Bistro, uh, a part of Nevada Partners, 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. Uh, the first through fourth Friday, we meet there at 12 o'clock noon until about 2 p.m. People come as their schedule allows, whether they stay the whole two hours, they spend an hour or 30 minutes. It's open to people from the community to come and share. One thing Mr. Sam Smith taught us, it is difficult to communicate if you don't know the person that you're talking to. If you're in a room full of thousands of people, like a stadium, some type of major event, and you enjoy the event, but you leave without knowing one more person than you did when you entered, then a part of that time was not as productive as it could have been. So think about that the next time you go wherever it is that you go to say hi to someone, sometimes simply saying hi. Well, yesterday we had a guest with us, first-time visitor, Dr. Gourier, as many of you know who attended Mr. Sam Smith's homegoing uh, ceremony, Dr. Gourier acted as the host or MC, and a fine job he did. I had a chance to meet up with him at another event, My Brother's Keepers, 
initiative, again, based at Nevada Partners, because they are the lead organization here in Las Vegas, they say Nevada, recognized by the White House, and they had members of the community come in so that they can devise as well as discuss barriers and then solutions to overcome those barriers of our black males as well as black and brown. And it was a robust discussion. We even had uh, a first-time visitor at the uh, My Brother's Keepers meeting, a member of the Army Recruiting Command, retired GI, working for the Army now as a civilian, and gave a startling statistic. And that statistic was that only 28% of the primary enlistment eligible young people, which is between 17 and 25, are eligible to enlist in the Army. 20%. That means 80% are not. Well, as many of us know, whatever goes on in the military foretells what will go on in the rest of the country. If 80% of our young people are not eligible for military service, in the Army even, then what does that mean for our future, for future employment opportunities, leadership opportunities? And what does that say about us as parents? And how can this barrier be overcome? Something to think about. Also at the My Brothers Keepers meeting was Dr. Robert Green, who talks about expectations. And he and Sister uh, Dr. Tiffany Tyler co-chair at this meeting. So for those of you who would like to attend that meeting, please come out. It is open to the community if you have an organization. Uh, come out and discuss what's going on and let's figure out ways that we can overcome some of the barriers because a barrier does not have to be permanent. As a matter of fact, oftentimes it is something that can be overcome, but it's up to us to overcome it. And if we don't attempt to overcome it, then it becomes a self-imposed barrier and limitation to our forward momentum, and we need some forward momentum in our communities. So that was so we had the My Brother's Keepers meeting uh, this week. We also had the uh, gathering at the Westside Bistro with a uh, special guest, Dr. Gourier. He came to give us an update as to what's going on with uh, the legacy of the late, great Sam Smith, the Oracle of Las Vegas, the Native Son, owner of the Native Son Bookstore, and lots of stuff is happening. may not have been in the public spotlight, but lots of stuff is going on behind the scenes. Soon everyone will know more about it. Uh, efforts to name a school after Sam Smith, also efforts to start the Sam Smith Foundation, some efforts to start a firefighters and possibly black firefighters museum, uh, even a cultural center. Speaking about an African-American cultural center, I will be meeting with Commissioner Larry Weekly this Monday, 3 to 4 o'clock, and we're going to meet at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue and pavilion area located off of Martin Luther King Boulevard here in Las Vegas, where North Las Vegas and Las Vegas meet. What a fitting place to show unity and the unifying message of Dr. King. And we're going to talk about 
the statue, how it was in disrepair, but how it has been fixed, utilization of the statue, and potentially what can be done to enhance that area, that community. One of my suggestions to the commissioner was not only have the community center, but something that may not take as much money and time and effort, and that I asked the question, is the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue on the Las Vegas Visitors and Conventions Authority's list tourist attractions? If not, why? And if not, what will it take for it to be? Uh, Commissioner Weekly is very open to public comment and input, so if you all have some time, please feel free to join us. Numbers is power. Please feel free to join us. I believe right across the street in Las Vegas, because the statue is actually in North Las Vegas, it would be quite fitting to have an African-American community center. But let me tell you a little bit about that. In order to have that, as other groups do right here in our fair city, it was a lot of effort by the community and less effort from the government side. There was money from the community. Are we willing to spend money on an African-American community center in our community right at sort of the crossroads of North Las Vegas and Las Vegas right across the street from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue? So those were some things that happened this week. As I mentioned earlier, the Stella Awards are in town. I did not have an opportunity to go, mainly because on Fridays not only do we have the gathering, but then starting at 5 p.m. and it lasts until 11 p.m. at CEO Lounge, CEO Hookah Lounge, we have a sort of a happy hour mixer event another opportunity for folks to come together. So after work, if you would like to sort of unwind and maybe spend some time uh, getting to meet some new people, we provide that opportunity with you from 5 to 11 p.m. on Fridays at CEO Lounge, uh, located at 5900 West Flamingo. For those of you who said that you can't attend the gatherings at from 12 to 2 on Fridays, well, here's an opportunity for you to do it after work and just come on out and have something to eat and maybe get something to wet your whistle as well as have some dialogue, some discussion, while DJ G of Special Blend Entertainment is in the ones and twos spinning you some tunes that you and also hopefully will remind you of the importance that music had in all the struggles of our country. Uh, so that's some of the things that's going on this week. Uh, but also as I mentioned, the Stella Awards is in town. I believe it's the biggest uh, awards event of its type, and I wasn't able to make it there, but, of course, you know the person that helped start this show, Sister Angela Thomas. She is here. She's there. She's everywhere making things happen. Uh, welcome to the show, Angela. How are you? I am running, running, as uh, Forrest Gump would say. I am having a great time. The Stella Awards is the largest and oldest uh, gospel awards program, period. And this is their 30th anniversary, and they are in sunny Las Vegas. It's, 90, it's going to be 90 degrees today. 
I'll be out on the red carpet. For those of you who would like to join me, I'll be live streaming with Periscope on Twitter on uh Twitter. So join me. Uh Angela Thomas, look me up on Twitter, Angela Thomas. Needle on the wreck at at needle at needle on wreck on Twitter, live streaming from the red carpet at the Stella Awards, the 2015 Stella Awards. This morning we had the uh, Gospel Announcers uh, Awards. It's still uh, going on. If you'd like, you can go to StellaAwards.com and tune in to the live stream of that award ceremony. Uh, I have seen everybody. We've got a big surprise performance. We have one of the biggest superstars in the world here. I don't want to blow the surprise, but trust me, you guys, this is huge. Sure. Well, see, Angela gets to have all of the fun, but she brings some really big stories. Uh, and it, and it's going on right here in Las Vegas. Who would have thought that Las Vegas, Sin City of all places, would be hosting the Stella Awards? Maybe they'll bring some salvation with them while they're here. <laughs> If you guys want to know who the big surprise superstar uh, is that's going to be performing at the Stella Awards, tune in to me and my live stream on Periscope uh, on Twitter. So download the Periscope uh, app and just join me for a wonderful, wonderful uh, ride with the Stella Awards. Every Everybody from Kurt Franklin, I saw Yolanda Adams yesterday, Ty Tribb, a lot of folks. Um, I also had the honor of moderating the world premiere of David and Tamala Mann's new scripted program called Man and Wife. It will be debuting on my birthday, April 7th. Yes, it was a gift to me, Rodney. April 7th on uh, Bounce TV. What? What? <laughs> Hey, I know her. That I, I broke it the bread with Angela Thomas. Oh my goodness! Well, shucks, as my grandmother would say, I'm, I'm with a celebrity now. Oh God, yeah, we had a great time Thursday evening. What a wonderful uh, opportunity it was to sit with the audience and. Uh, David and Tamla Mann, Roger Bob, so many have heard of Roger Bob, thanks to the Housewives of Atlanta. But what folks may not know is that Roger Bob is a history maker. Uh, Meet the Browns has 254 hours um, in the can of great television, and that put him in the history books as the... Uh, what is it, the longest-running produced episodic comedy on television. So Roger Bob was there. He was a lot of fun. A lot of people don't know this man has had 11 films in six years, all number one, I think it was one film that was number two in their opening weekend at the box office. You're a superstar director-producer if you get three, maybe three, four hit films in a row. He's had the blessing to have 11 in the span of, of six years. That's incredible. 
Uh, that really is incredible. And and see, that's the thing. You never know who's going to do what. Yeah. And all of this stuff comes from an idea. And a little bit later, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, a, a segment from uh, her story with Jess Lowe talking about Women's History Month. And there are so many people who've done so many great things that you may not hear about. Now, if Angela had not gone down to the Stella Awards to cover that, one, you may not have gotten that information. Two, you may not have even known that the Stella Awards were here. And three, guess what? If you cannot make it, she is live streaming, so you can take it in in the comfort of your own home, save yourself some time, maybe some uh, gas, as well as, uh, you know, if you're going to go to an event like that, you want to throw on some Nice thread. So it might even save you some clothes. All the fellas <laughs> are probably loving it right now. I know the ladies probably wishing I hadn't said that, but too late. It slipped out. But think <laughs> about that. You can you can watch this this huge event, but on your phone, your tablet, literally wherever you are, as long as you have some type of cellular or internet connection. That's pretty awesome, man. That's that's a that's a pretty big deal in itself that you're live streaming. I am so excited to do so. I'm new to the Periscope community. It's the new hit uh, app that uh, is rolled out by Twitter. They're expecting great things. I tell you, I've been fooling around with it a little bit. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Uh, They have a a setting in there where you can be like your own reality show. So I'll be live tweeting from my driveway to the red carpet. live streaming and live tweeting um, what's going on this afternoon. The broadcast of the show is April 9th, no, April 5th. The Stella Awards will be on TV One April 5th, 9 p.m., but check your local listing for the time in your area. But if you want to see what's going down on the red carpet and you want to hear about the huge, huge superstar, that's going to be performing tonight, please tune in to my live stream. See, Angela, teasing us now. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, in case Trust I, me, you're going to want to know who this is. I want to know, and I wish I could go because if I could, I would. I have two events this evening that I need to cover and can't uh-huh. make it, and I was uh, obligated prior to finding out about the, the Stella Awards, but wow, Angela, that's, that's pretty big. You know, I had a conversation with someone earlier in the week, and they were talking about gospel music, and then, you know, we were talking about the Stella Awards and how big it has gotten, and he he actually kind of issued a warning, though, and he says, you know, the people with the Stella with gospel music should study the history of rap and hip-hop and what has happened to it so that they will be prepared for possibly what could happen with gospel music going mainstream. Well, gospel music is bigger than it's ever been before, and... There are a lot of new things coming down the pipeline. 
I I think if there is a genre to keep it positive, it, it probably will be the gospel community. What I would love to say about, I've covered a lot of red carpets for a lot of events, from the Billboard Awards, the Grammys, uh, BET Experience. I've covered most of the big ones, the Soul Train Awards. Um, what I like about the Stellars is that they rolled into our city, they incorporated members of our city to take part in their program, and the gospel artists that you know and love, the biggest of the big, Yolanda Adams. I, last night I was walking through the hotel and I looked over and there was uh, Ty Trib, Tribbett uh, taking pictures, just, you know, out and about, waiting in valet, and came back in the hotel. There were there was a huge gathering of gospel fans that that are here from all over the country, all over the world, really, to attend uh, the Stella Awards. And he was over there taking pictures, shaking hands, making friends. It was really awesome. And I can say that that's been my experience. I've been um, going down there since Wednesday, Thursday, since Thursday. And everybody has just been so warm and welcoming. And to me, that's what's going to keep uh, keep you on top when you never forget to interact with your fans and give them an experience and show love and gratitude for uh, them following you. Mm. So uh, what time does, do the, does the red carpet start tonight? The red carpet will start at 4 uh, Pacific Standard Time. But I'm going to put my uh, live stream link on the Our Own Voices page. Those of you who follow me on Facebook, um, I'll put the link up there as well on, on both of our Facebook page, my page, and, and Our Own Voices page, the Needle on the Record page. Um, but I encourage you all to just join me, join in the festivities, join in the fun. There's a lot of cool things going on for the 30th Annual Stellar Awards. Well, I'm going to try to, I'm, like I said, I have some events that, that I need to go to. As a matter of fact, that's one reason why the show is going to be an abbreviated show today because I am going to a Women's History Month uh, event uh, being uh, put on by Black Girls Inspired, uh, yes. led by Sister Jess Flo. And uh, some uh, two women who I have a high regard for actually going are the speakers at this event. And that's Assemblywoman Dina Neal, a history maker herself. And yes. we also have uh, Lisa Mosley. Lisa uh, Mosley. And they're going to be focusing on politics. And so they couldn't probably pick any better folks to come in and talk about politics. But as young people from, from the community, it's uh, set up for girls. But there have been quite a few fellas that have been in attendance. Uh, I was asked to come down and be a male president. So I'm going to throw on some duds and go down there and try to represent and also support my sister, Jess Flo, for doing this. And it's been a series every Saturday. It's been a great series. It's been a series of speakers to come in and talk to these young people. Now, for those of you who often say young people aren't interested, young people don't care, these young people have loved it. They have lapped it up. They are enthusiastic about it. You know, these young people will accept what we give them. And if we decide not to give it to them, it's 
not on the young person. That's on us. These young people are hungry for the discussion, uh, the attention, and the information that they've been given. It's motivated quite a quite a few of them. Uh, it'll continue to mo- motivate them. I hope this is something that Sister Jess Flow will do on a recurring and annual basis because I think it's important. Oftentimes we think of bringing people from the outside in, but what about bringing the people who are doing things right where we are in to talk to our young folks? And so I think thought it was a brilliant idea. And if you all can come down, again, it's located at the uh, Cambridge Community Center. And the Cambridge uh, Community Center is located at 3930 South Cambridge Street, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89119. Once again, it's Cambridge Recreation, 3930 South Cambridge Street. We're hoping Sister Jess Flo can call in and uh, share a little insights with us. Uh, her event just started, so once she gets that going, hopefully she can give us uh, five or ten minutes. Take a couple of minutes and on. call in. Well, I will say about the, the Women's History Series that she's been doing, my uh, other wonderful co-host, um, Angela, the other Angela, yes, my daughter, uh, had the opportunity to take part in the in the series, and my granddaughter was there with her mom, and she sang an original piece. I'm so proud of both of them, and I'm part. I'm really proud of Jess and uh, Deja for putting this together. It's been a welcome spirit uh, to the Women's History Month, and it's definitely something that the young people have uh, lapped up and gravitated towards this whole month. They've hung tight the whole month. You know, they say these kids today have a short attention span, but to hold an audience and build it every week, she she had more and more young people come out. Um, So to hold their attention and build upon it every week is a testament to what a great program she put together. And before we move on to Senator Senator Reed's announcement, I also sure. wanted to remind folks that we have some other women from our community right here in Las Vegas who have gone to what we affectionately call the motherland, where all human beings come from, where black people still come from today. And they took a trip to Africa, and it was Sister China uh, has gone yeah. to Africa, and she's going to be in uh, several countries. Uh, first country, I believe, was, uh, well, she's going to be in several countries. I actually sent a package to her because, of course, she tried to take everything that she could to share with the people there in uh, Africa, and it didn't all fit in her bag. And, well, put it like this. It took me two and a half hours to ship all of that stuff. And I still wasn't able to ship it all because, believe it or not, the country that we were sending it to actually did not accept a box (laughs) as big as the one I was trying to ship, Uh, just to give you an idea of how much stuff it was. But it is on the way, and I'm hoping that it will get there because they said it would take about seven to ten days uh, to get there. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can track it down because they, they actually are going to other countries. But that was a community event where people from the community got together, uh, put their treasure together, poured it all into one so that the one, the one could go in and experience Africa firsthand 
in this case, multiple countries, and then bring it back to the Las Vegas, I'm going to call it the Las Vegas Village, and then share and enrich the rest of us of her firsthand experience. I think it's just an awesome concept, and it shows how much power that when we decide to do something, that we can, that we don't need outsiders to do it for us. We have everything that we need in our communities. It's a matter of pooling resources in this occasion, which I think is historic in itself. The community came together, pooled their resources. Sister China is over there having the time of her life. I haven't been able to keep up with all of her posts, and for a while she wasn't posting because she was in some areas that didn't really have Internet connection. Yes, those areas do exist. But she is a kind of a, a – her and Sister Shannon have sent a bunch of pictures and some commentary that I will try to get to. So I did want to let you know that in, in the spirit of Women's History Month, uh, the, the mother continent of us all, the motherland, Africa, we have two of our own there absorbing it. I think it's just a, just an awesome thing that they're doing. Absolutely. Uh, it's been fun to share some of uh, China's posts. I've been following along on her journey on Facebook, and it's been really fun to share on my page the, the knowledge that she's um, sending back. Well, speaking of knowledge, we received some information this week that I must admit caught me off guard. It isn't something that I, we have not talked about. It isn't something that we have speculated about. But there really was no indication that it was going to come about yes, yesterday morning. Now, typically, news that can be bad news comes about on Friday. So if you want to know when the big stuff happens that they're going to be talking about Monday, just pay attention to what goes on on Friday, which is not the biggest news day in the week. News was made yesterday, Friday, with our own uh, Nevada Senator, Harry Reid, the former Senate Majority Leader, now U.S. Senate Minority Leader, made an announcement that he would not be seeking re-election to his Senate seat. That Senator Harry Reid has announced he will not seek re-election for the U.S. Senate. Now, I, I, I titled this The Impact of the Announcement and the Impact of Senator Reed because from a, a Las Vegas perspective, a Nevadan perspective, before Senator Reed was Senator Reed, before Senator Reed became the Senate Majority Leader, as far as impacting politics, Nevada has played a oftentimes minimized role and did not get the attention that maybe it should have gotten because even though it is a one of the giant western states, it has a very small population. That has grown quite a bit over the last 20 years and quite a bit since the time that Senator Reed has been in the Senate. But because of its small size, we only had uh, three electoral votes. That's right, three. 
And oftentimes when it came to presidential elections, Nevada didn't get much play. It didn't get much airtime because it only had three electoral votes. And then if you add on its neighbor on the West Coast is California, an, an even bigger state with a huge state population, one of the biggest in this country. And so California sucked up all the attention it had to all the electoral votes. And then if you even add on to the fact that because we're in the West Coast time zone, most of the elections and the news has already taken place back east. Many times by the time our polls have closed, and then especially what California announces, because everybody wants to hear what California does, there was really no point in hearing what Nevada did. So we became kind of a non-factor. Well, Senator Reid changed all of that because he became not only a U.S. senator, as we've always had too since we've been a state, but he became the Senate Majority Leader. That brought a lot of attention to our state, a lot of attention to Las Vegas. I would venture to say that the Yucca Mountain Project may not have been shut down as far as bringing in nuclear waste from the rest of the country to, as they say, deposit here in Los, in Nevada. Uh, you could use defecation and deposit and come up with what some people call what they were trying to do to Nevada by everyone dumping their nuclear waste here. Senator Reid played a large role in preventing that from happening because the people didn't want it. But because we were so small, it was almost as if what we wanted or didn't want didn't have any sway, and it was going to be forced upon us. Senator Harry Reid put a stop to that. Now, as I say that, we have a new congressman who is, wants to sort of look at how we can use Yucca Mountain and maybe how we can bring some of that chemical waste here. In such a short period of time, we see how the dynamics of our state can change. Senator Reid has been responsible for bringing in millions, hundreds of millions, probably billions of dollars to our state due to his position as a U.S. senator, but more importantly as the Senate Majority Leader. Now that he's announced he's stepping down, what does that mean for not only the country? Not only the Democratic Party, but more specifically, what does that mean for our state of Nevada? How, who will speak for us? What impact will it have when whoever that new senator is speaks for us? Because then the new senator will be the junior senator. And currently, our uh, congressional delegation w- ha- has been losing Democrats. Will There's been speculation that Governor Brian Sandoval, who's fairly popular here in Nevada, as well as well-respected by other governors, what happens if he throws his hat in the ring to take Senator Reid or to uh, buy for Senator Reid's soon-to-be vacant? The lieutenant governor is a Republican, so that means another Republican would move up into the governorship. So from a political perspective, the Republican Party would lose nothing there. And if we look at it from uh, a political perspective, if another Republican becomes a 
national uh, congressional uh, uh, representatives, in this case senators. What does that mean for politics here? It doesn't necessarily mean it's bad or good, but it does mean it's changed. And then electoral votes also change. So this is going to impact and reverberate not just locally, but really through throughout the country. Angela, when did you hear about it, and what were some of your thoughts? Well, I must admit, when San- Senator Reed had the horrific uh, accident with the workout equipment at his home several months ago, I said, uh-oh, that's, that's, that's obviously not good, but this is going to have an impact. I felt that it would uh, affect, although in his statement he said this is not the reason he's leaving um, the position. However, it does impact it. Uh, Often, well, the only commodity we don't have uh, any way of duplicating is time, time and land. They're not making any more of either of the two. And I knew just from my experience recently of being ill, you have an when you have an opportunity to take stock and sit down and experience some parts of your life that. Sometimes take a um, a side step to your career, to some of your uh, exterior goals. That um, I I knew then that it would have an impact on on our state, and it would have an impact on Mr. Reed, uh, big family guy, has a huge family of of uh, children and grandchildren, and he certainly has done the work for the people, and I could see how um, it's probably important now, especially with the um, severity of the of, of the accident, how he, you know, I could see how it would be time to um, make family more of a focus. So I wasn't quite surprised when I saw the announcement the other day. And it's going to take, uh, it's going to change the the landscape of Nevada politics forever. This is a huge chapter in our political um, story. And, you know, all stories have a you know a change in the plot per se so mm-hmm. mr reed has been you know a great leader and i'm sure his legacy uh will continue to impact not just nevada but the the whole country and it'll be interesting to see if the people from the other side of the aisle say that he was a great leader but you know, part and part of partisan politics has right. always been just that partisan between the two parties since we've had this two party system. And it's come sure. to a fever pitch with the dual 
team of Senator Reid in the Senate uh, trying to push through uh, President Barack Obama's agenda. Uh, but now that both of them are linked up, so to speak, it almost looks like there could be a power vacuum in the Democratic Party, and it also could mean an elevated level of power for the Republicans because one of the things that they've been wanting for a long time is to get rid of both of them, and it looks like yeah. they'll both be leaving uh, roughly the, you know, around the same, the same time. time. They're, they're both linked up. Now, even though I like to think I know a thing or two about politics, there's a gentleman that I've learned a lot about politics from, and that is Mr. Roger Harris. Roger Harris hey, Roger. called into the show on occasion, and he has called in today. Roger, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks. Good to hear you both. Good to have you back on the platform. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Well, Roger, you've heard us talking about uh, Senator Reid's announcement. What's your thoughts on it? Well, it just, I think it shocked everyone because uh, initially everybody was thinking that Senator Reid was going to run for re-election. He had announced that he was going to do so. But uh, he changed his mind and specifically cited that he didn't want most of the Democratic Party's resources working in his behalf uh, trying to get reelected because everyone's thinking that Brian Sandoval is going to run for U.S. Senate and was going to run regardless of whether or not Senator Reid was going to run or not. So it looks like it's a wide open field for Nevada Democrats, specifically in in just how this works is that we have all these many months now since Senator Reid has announced this early. There are many Democrats who will probably line up uh, to seek the nomination. Well, Roger, now that you, you mentioned that, we were trying to look around to figure out who could run or who would run because not only do we have uh, Senator Reid's seat now being vacant, which is important. But we also have, uh, not, not that it's vacant, but our former congressman, Stephen Horford, has announced that he's not going to run to regain his congressional seat back from current congressman, Preston Hardy. Mm-hmm. And so because, you know, a lot of people were waiting to see was Stephen going to run, because many have speculated that he should be able to regain his seat because it being a presidential year, more people come out to the polls, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because those dynamics actually play in the favor, historically, of Democrats. So it seems like in Nevada, this is going to be the place to be for political news with uh, who's going to run for Senator Reid's seat, but who's also going to run for that congressional seat that Crescent Hartley is now hoping. Exactly. Uh, and I'm going to throw out two names. It looks like Catherine Cortez Masto's name has surfaced. Uh, she had always uh, wanted to run for U.S. Senate, and this would be a good opportunity for her. She's no longer the attorney general in Nevada and specifically would have the time uh, to run. Uh, also, 
I understand that Lucy Flores is mulling over uh, the Congressional District 4 seat since uh, Congressman Horsford isn't, isn't going to run. So there are two names right then and there, two women that have one run statewide. And for CD4, you really have to have that statewide experience, even though most of those votes are in Clark County. So, Roger, as you spoke of that, some of the other names that I've heard thrown around is uh, Nevada, Nevada State Senator Ruben Cuban. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you mentioned Lucy Flores. Uh, and But here's one, uh, Kelton Atkinson, uh, yeah. also a Nevada State uh, Senator. And also he was a uh, uh, assemblyman. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Matter of fact, a long-term uh, uh, serving uh, assemblyman was term limited out and then uh, ran for states in it one. Well, all all of those names are good names and they'll be lining up. I think it's going to be a crowded primary. They, you know, I don't think it's just going to be one person running for it. Now, what do you think about as we're still talking about Senator Reed? What do you think the impact to Nevada will be? with Senator Reed stepping down, just in general, Senator Reed himself. And what do you think the impact will be on party politics here in Nevada, who Senator Reed has often been associated with being the mastermind of? I think now I think now it's wide open. And the behind the scenes deals in the so called Reed machine pretty much has to find somewhere else to go. And I think it'll be interesting to see who lines up behind who behind the scenes. But it's a wide open it's a wide open deal in the West. <laughs> the wild, wild West. Now one of the things I have not heard from Senator Reed or anyone else is if Senator Reed had heir apparent. Now a few several years back was kind of leaning towards his son, Rory Reed, uh, who mm-hmm. ran for governor, uh, long-term, long-term serving county commissioner. Matter of fact, was chair of the commission for a while. Very powerful seat. Some people say it's more powerful actually than the uh, legislative branch of the state government. But he mm-hmm. was had an unsuccessful bid, and actually it was a spectacular flame out, so to speak. And he's gone back into private industry and does a little TV, but for the most part doesn't seem to be too into politics right now. Who is is the person that Senator Reid passed and says, assuming that he has the power and sort of it, do you think he has an heir apparent? Do you think that there's someone out there that he's been grooming to move in once he decided to step down? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Rodney. And if Rory Reed wanted to make a comeback, now would be the time to do it. <laughs> and he would be the logical person, even though even though he's in private practice in, in law and makes you know, he makes his T V appearances and everything else, he could probably he probably may have has this opportunity with these open seats. If he wants to run, he can sure enough run. But but I think that it, it's a wide open situation. 
I think many people are in shock, you know, that, you know, the Senator Reed is uh not running. So it it makes it a wide open a wide open situation. I keep saying it because it's there doesn't seem to be a, a clear air apparent. Well, one of the things that Senator Reed not only was he able to organize sort of local politics here by party, and it had a lot to do with what, what Republicans did because they had to respond to him. He was a man with the power. But now that the man with the power won't be there any longer, I'm just wondering whatever pressures that were on the Republicans to maybe look at other things, how that will change locally as well as nationally. Because remember, one of the main agendas of the National Party was to get rid of President Obama, Obamacare, and Senator Reid. Well, mm-hmm. President Obama will have served his two terms. Uh, Senator Reid has, has served multiple terms and is stepping down. Well, of the big ticket things that they said they wanted to get rid of is Obamacare. Does this mean that they will redouble, triple their efforts on Obamacare since the uh, President Obama, the namesake of Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, will no longer be there? And Senator Reid, the man who pushed it through uh, Congress, will no longer be there. Well, I think with the Affordable Care Act, this is why the presidency is going to be very important. And if the Democrats hold to the presidency, then it won't be it it won't be a situation where Affordable Care Act is repealed. But I think the importance is. This is why Senator Reid really wants to to regain control of the Senate for the Democrats and didn't want to be the focal point of that. The whole political landscape needs to be the focal point for the Democrats to regain both the House, U.S. House and the U.S. Senate, which will be a tough deal. At least the Senate is perceived to be a little bit, it would be a little bit easier uh, than the House. But this is why the focal point needs to be Democrats regaining regaining the Senate, at least, in keeping the presidency. So we wouldn't have to worry about Obamacare being repealed. Roger, you actually brought up another question. We're coming to the end of our show. I don't know if we're going to be able to get Sister Just Slow on. Uh, we, we can run a few minutes later if we do, but uh, when you speak like that, it just reminded me that how important Senator Reid has been in keeping things together. Because mm-hmm. now that he'll be stepping down, the Democratic Party has been fairly well organized. Matter of fact, so organized now that Senator Clinton doesn't even really have any competition out there on the Democratic side. Will, do you think the Democrats will go back to the way that they used to be, the, the party of what seemed like disorder from the outside looking in and a lot of uh, political infighting that tended to weaken them in getting things done? So that's one question. And then the final question that I have for you today, is the country, some people have said, has gone to the left a little bit, not necessarily in rhetoric, but in actual laws and things passed. And, of course, that's arguable. But with the Re- Senator Reid leaving, President Obama on his way out, and with more Republican governors 
this last election with more senators and congressmen that were Republican. And if history is an indicator, very likely that there could be a Republican president. Do you see the country as possibly moving more towards the Republicans and maybe going? Is the pendulum swinging back towards Republicans and maybe a conservative agenda? It seems to be uh, just well. Your first point, time will really tell on 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 the point with the Democrats and their organization. I think with the successes that they've had in the past, I don't think the the Democrats are going to go back to how they were uh, in being disorganized. But to answer your other point, uh, it seems like it. It seems if if people don't vote or they don't participate in, in the process, then the conservatives will have their opportunity to to have the country swing their way. They always depend upon a low voter turnout. And last time around that's what we had. So the presidential the presidential races usually increase the turnout. So it would go against the grain if those figures stayed the way that they do for presidential turnouts. Mm. Well, Roger, you've brought some fabulous insight. Uh, I think we're going to have uh, some more discussion down the road about the impact of Senator Reed's departure. Mm-hmm. Also, Nevada politics, especially if anyone ever does or makes an announcement anytime soon. Uh, Roger, Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And our own voices in conjunction with some other folks are actually working on a television or video program. Uh, Thomas Berry is working on it up in Minnesota. It's called The Build. Uh, There's some other brothers working on it in different parts of the country. Uh, We're trying to catch up with Angela with uh, her video prowess using social media. We'll be broadcasting over social media live and, and also uh, have a podcast. Uh, hopefully someone there in Florida is looking at doing the same thing because we believe if we establish this network, especially with this political season coming up with so many important things on the docket, that we need to be engaged. We need to be engaged as men. We've also, I'm hoping that some of the ladies here will put together a show uh, being led by women and that then we'll have uh, a show with men and women to talk about issues because even though we may be in the same boat, sometimes we see things differently. So we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we get all as many viewpoints as possible out there, but also some unified viewpoints as well. So hopefully that's something that you can look at down there. You can participate with us further. Appreciate your insight and expertise. And, again, thank you so much for joining the show. Do you have any closing words for us? Well, I think the key thing is everyone stay tuned, not only the the Speak Up Network, but also our own voices live with Angela Thomas and Rodney Smith. It seems like everything's on the up and up, and it seems like there's some bright things in the horizon. Well, thank you so much. Angela, I know you're uh, doing probably a whole bunch of things at once, and uh, you have more Stella Award coverage going, and because you're going to be on the red carpet, you got to get yourself all gussied up. You know, that's what we're yeah, going to Yeah, I'm in the makeup chair right now. <laughs> uh, 
so right now, paint that face. <laughs> well, uh, as I know you're going to be, tell the folks again what you're going to be doing and how they can gain access to it. Um, I will be live streaming uh, be, via Periscope. Uh, which is Twitter's new live streaming platform. I'll be at the 30th Annual Stella Awards, every gospel star, uh, and a really big superstar is, is here in town and performing at the Stella Awards. And I hope you guys tune into my live stream uh, broadcast to find out who that superstar is. Mm. Again, just teasing us, just teasing us, <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. I know uh, so you do. So me. Okay. For bringing that information to us and for taking time out of your beauty regimen, because you know we know what that is on the priority list. But uh, <laughs> for you to put our own voices uh, in consideration and contention makes me feel good. All right. It's always uh, first so, on a Saturday. And Angela, you gonna you uh, you mentioned needle on the record. Tell the folks what that is and how they can listen to it and watch if if you have it, what your next show will be about. I'm guessing something to do with the Stella Awards, maybe? I will be our Stella Award wrap-up. Uh, Needle on the Record is a weekly podcast that um, is music-based and pop culture-infused. Um, this week it will be another fun-filled adventure with the Angelus. Uh, we're going to be at the Stella Awards and, you know, hanging out with a whole lot of superstars. That's all I'm saying. So tune in every Thursday at 6:30, uh, and you can catch our um, you can catch our broad, any of our previous shows on iTunes. Needle on the record, iTunes. Uh, we also have, as a part of the Speak Up Network, Brother Thomas Perry that broadcasts out of I believe the basement in Brooklyn Park is how we used to announce it anyway, and uh, he has a show called Rant Radio. Uh, the brother brings it hard and raw, but he does try to stay on top of those stories that are in the news and may not get the coverage that he sees is as big as it should be through regular media. Uh, we also have uh, Brother Lee Vaughn, who broadcasts Saturday morning at 11 o'clock on East Coast time, and his show is called Real Radio, Radio Established to Address Life. Tune in to him because that's a younger brother, but also is bringing that younger perspective to it. See, we're trying to bring it to you as many ways as we can. And stay tuned for some upcoming broadcasts that will be women-only shows as well as a youth-based show. Uh, we okay. are trying to bring it to you and give the voice. It is our own voices, and we want everyone to speak up. So we're trying to have a platform so those voices can speak up. And, of course, I mentioned that the upcoming The Bill, which will be Thomas Berry's uh, video program out of Minnesota, look for something coming from us here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, oh, before I forget, remember, we have our gatherings on Sat on Friday from Friday. 12 to 2 at the West Side Bistro at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And then on Fridays we have our after-work session. Uh, which is at the CEO Hookah Lounge, 5900 West Flamingo. So for those of you who couldn't make the gathering during the day because of your work schedule, you now have a place to make it at night. And for those of you who may not be so much wanting to talk, but you just want to relax, come on and have the after-work cool-down with not only the folks from the gathering but other people from the community at CEO Hookah Lounge. And you can go to Our Own Voices to see updates from that. 
We'd love to see you out there. Last night we had guests from New Mexico. Uh, Eastern Stars uh, are visiting for the Four Corners Conference here in Las Vegas. They came out to and uh, had a chance to spend time with them and talk to them. Lovely ladies, big shout-out to them for coming, and big shout-out to you for listening, and hopefully you will uh, join us at the gathering or at our after-work cool-down next Friday. Thank you so much, all, for listening. Stay in tune. Thank you, Angela. Thank you, Roger, for your commentary. We'll try to maybe next week do a wrap-up of Jess Flo's event, and I need to throw on some duds so I can get to the Cambridge Community Center so that I can uh, listen to my sisters, Assemblywoman Dina Neal and our very own Mrs. Ms. Lisa Mosley. The Cambridge Recreation Center is located at 3930 South Cambridge Street, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89119. Once again, that's Cambridge Recreation at 3930 South Cambridge Street. That will do it for us. Angela, stay safe out there. Look out for those elbows because you know how those reporters can be. Roger, it is so good to have you back. I look forward to commentary, and maybe you and I can speak offline really soon. All right. Let's All right. Make have it a great week, everybody. Thanks, Roger, for joining us today. Sure. It's refreshing to have you back. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.